Another Way to Play, episode 22. Hey, this is Frank Furbacher, coach of Frame of Mind Coaching and full-time customer experience consultant. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is a good buddy of mine, uh, Frank Furbacher. Uh, He is by day a consultant with a major customer experience consulting firm and a former VP of operations for a large New York-based uh, continuing education firm. And by night and all the rest of the time, uh, he's a frame of mind coach where he's helped dozens of young professionals reach their potential and achieve your goals. He is one of the people who actually helped me uh, figure out my other way to play uh, when I was transitioning out of the Olympics and into my professional life, uh, both personally and professionally, deciding to propose and ultimately marry Kristen, as well as really uh, set myself up professionally and and make a transition at that time. So he is one of uh, my big supporters someone who has helped me tremendously, and I'm really excited for you to hear from him. Uh, He brings up a couple of fantastic points through his story and through the conversation today. One is just saying yes to things. Like He is the master at saying yes, and, and he talks about how busy he got and some of the direct results that he got by just showing up, saying yes, and being the person who could be relied upon. He also talks about uh, if you're if you're in a rut, if you're feeling that gut feeling that something's not right, whether it's in a relationship or a business or just a way you're living your life, if you if it doesn't feel right, uh, other than potentially hiring a coach, which he is a fantastic one, you could um, just start journaling. Start writing stuff down, bring it from your head and put it on paper, type it on a computer screen, make it real because your engagement with it becomes very different. And we talk a lot about that. And lastly, we talk about how in his journey, which I have seen as a theme through many of other people's journeys, you have to kind of know yourself. There's there's more than one path to get to where you want to go. And he talks about that in his high school and college sports career and how he made a change as a freshman to a different school and ultimately uh, was a good change for him, got him to where he wanted to be athletically, and how sometimes identifying a different way for you to go that isn't the norm or isn't the the laid out in front of you path is, is sometimes the right one. So listen for that. Anyways, before we get to the interview with Frank. I just want to remind you, I would love to connect with you personally and get to know you. Uh, So if you go down into the show notes, uh, you'll find my Calendly link. You can schedule a 15 minute call with me. We'll have a chat. We'll get to know each other. Uh, I'd love to find out also what you're liking on the show, how it can make it better, what questions and guests we should bring on and like. So get that scheduled after this episode. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Frank Furbacher. 
Frank, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a real honor and a pleasure to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Hans. You're so welcome. You've been a real big part of my life, especially helping me through some pretty challenging times transitioning out of the Olympics and into real life, so to speak. Um, and I'm and I just gave your intro, and you're we all know you're a coach, but why don't you back us up and give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of context where your story began and build us some some uh, background. Sure, sure. Thanks, Hans. And it was a pleasure coaching you. And then we had a we had a great time together when we did that. Um, I am a New Jersey born and raised uh, guy. I grew up in Hackensack and Rochelle Park in Bergen County, New Jersey. Um, I am one of two, so I have a brother who's a bit younger. And my upbringing was was a really pleasant one. You know, I. Growing up, family was was a big thing. I was surrounded by family. Basically, my entire family grew up in a three-family house in Hackensack. Uh, so I was very much in it with with all my family members. Uh, my my parents and I and my brother lived on the top floor, and grandparents were in the middle, uh, along with uh, a cousin and aunt of mine. And then we had more cousins and aunts and uncles at the bottom. So. It was a full house. Uh, we grew up and grew up going to Catholic school. My parents just kind of like uh, my whole family, all of us in the house went to Catholic school, private school, uh, growing up in elementary school. I, I wound up going to a, an all-boy Catholic school for my freshman year that uh, was specifically just very, very good in athletics and uh, you know, known for their academics as well. Um, but we have a bit of a powerhouse when it comes to uh, the sports here in North Jersey. And uh, after going there and uh, didn't make the hockey or baseball teams there as a, as a freshman. And so I kind of looked at my mom and was like, hey, we need to change this. I want to play sports. So uh, I got to go to a co-ed Catholic school after that, uh, Paramus Catholic, and got to play hockey and baseball there and had a great time. And I had a lot of friends there already. So that was, that was a, a treat. And um, after that, went to Manhattanville College in Westchester County, New York. Played baseball there. Uh, looking back, I really, really was worried about playing baseball in college because I didn't think I was good enough to play. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't one of the better players on the team to start out. But over the course of three years and working hard, and uh, it really was one of the first times in my life where um, sort of a lesson that you learn that you have to just continuously work at things if you want to get better at them. And I didn't have the natural talent that some people may have had, but I was able to 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 become a pretty uh, a pretty great uh, important member of the team throughout my junior and senior years. But um, I didn't just go there for baseball, or I did go there for just for baseball. But I wound up getting involved in all different sorts of activities. Joined student government. I joined the orientation group as an orientation advisor. Had my own radio station. Uh, I figured out after my freshman year that I needed to get as much out of my college education as possible. And so I just kind of never said no to anything that people wanted me to get involved in and just kept saying yes. And that eventually led me to being student government president for two years, which was just an incredible experience. Wound up with my first job because of an internship I got through school. I wrote an essay for an essay contest sponsored by USA Today, won it while I was in school and got to be uh, an entrepreneur named David Schnurman at Lawline. And it was an online education company for lawyers in New York City. Spent the day with them and wound up uh, getting an email from uh, weeks later. Uh, what I would come to learn was actually by accident. I was on the wrong email list. And uh, 
he let me know that he or the email said that he was looking for interns. So I emailed them back and said, Hey, I want to intern with you. And so I went on to intern there and then work there for the next six or seven years and start my career there. And so that kind of led me into where I am today. So I, I went from law line to, uh, uh, got more involved in coaching and then wound up working as a consultant in, in Hackensack, uh, you know, back in Hackensack now. Um, and it's been, it's been a wild ride if I look back at it and, it's been a lot of fun. So today I'm still active, still, still playing, uh, playing ice hockey, uh, retired from the baseball and softball world, but, um, you know, enjoying two days a week of ice hockey, picked up golf over the last year. So that's been fun, but, uh, it gives you a little bit about me, man. That's, that's killer. I, I appreciate all of that detail. Um, there's a couple of things that are sort of standing out to me that are, that are interesting. One was that story you said about your freshman year on the sports team and it, you know, you had, you, you were attending a pretty big powerhouse relative to sports and you, you didn't make the teams you were trying out for. And so rather than sort of curl up in a ball and go away, like you're like, well, I can either make a change and go to a different team or do something different. And, and it sounds like you elected to do that. I would say most kids at that age would just, you know, take, take the defeat and, and run away from, from the challenge, but, but you didn't, you, you figured out a new way to attack it. Yeah, it was, it was weird because I, I didn't have too many friends in that school. And um, for, for whatever reason it was, I, I wasn't like enjoying myself there. And I think a lot of it had to do with not being able to be in athletics. Um, and it was, it was like a scary time for me, you know, like I was only playing ice hockey for two years at this point in my life. And I was playing against kids who were skating since they were five years old. And so it was a big, it was it, to put, it was just intimidating. And I, I, I wasn't really sure how to approach it. Right. So like, am I a quitter for like having to transfer schools and play somewhere else or is this just the best option for me? And so at the time, I probably wasn't even, I'm not even sure if I was thinking that, but I probably had some of those thoughts in my head. But I, I mean, 80 kids tried out for the freshman baseball team. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is insanity. Yeah. I Like, I just want to play sports. That's just part of who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very happy that my, you know, my parents really pushed me to go to that school because I had some family members who had gone there. And so I was very lucky to have them supporting me and saying, you know what? Yeah, a change of scenery would be the best thing. And, and it really worked out well. That's awesome. And, it, and I think it's interesting that you, you touched on like, am I a quitter or am I just doing something to make myself happy? Like, how did, and, and maybe you didn't consciously think through this, but like looking back and, and through that thought process and many others, I'm sure along the way, like how did you attack that then and then has that changed for you now in in your professional life so i think i think what what it really allowed me to do was to look at it and say where is this going right like so if i did stay here what would happen and i was still pretty far behind in terms of like a skill level in a lot of different areas and i wasn't like in love with baseball at the time uh, but I think that what it allowed me to do is like really have my first experience of like, well, you can either bang your head against this wall or you can just open the door and walk through it. Um, if, if I had to look back and see it, like 
but it, you know, it couldn't have been done without the support of my parents. Right. So right. they wanted me to go to that school and it was really up to them. I mean, they were the ones paying the tuition. So, right. uh, you know, just, just very fortunate that they, they had the, the ability to say, okay, well, if he's really not enjoying this, like let's, let's, let's send him somewhere else and see if it works out better. But I also, throughout my progression of ice hockey, um, and I thought this was a really interesting thing because I actually like wasn't that great at baseball in high school at all, which is surprising to me that I even played college baseball. But I, I actually in baseball, or in hockey rather, I wound up getting to a point in my skill level where, you know, you have your travel team and then you have your high school team in hockey in New Jersey. And I actually wound up getting to a point where like I had teammates of mine on my travel team that were playing varsity at the school that I had left. And so that actually wound up being like a very reassuring thing for me to be like, wow. So I mean, it lets you know, right? If, if I would have stayed there and I would have kept at it and I would have kept doing things, I actually would have wound up being on the, on the varsity level team. Um, but right. that, that wasn't the path that, that was meant to be. And so it, it was reassuring for me. But it, again, I guess that was like another lesson for me too of like, hey, like just because you're not at that level right now doesn't mean you can't get to that level. And it took three or four years to get there, but, uh, but I finally did get there. So that's interesting because um, what I'm hearing you talk about right now is taking a, a, le- a different path than say is the, the obvious one. Like if you want to play sports, go to the, where the best sports teams are at. And you ended up making a similar level travel team, as you said, during, I'm assuming the summertime or the off season with those guys who you thought you couldn't compete with at the time, but you ended up being on that level anyways, just taking a different route. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the same thing kind of wound up happening with baseball and, and choosing baseball in college. I looked at it like I was, I was, again, intimidated. I was like scared. And I, I was, I even questioned myself because people had told me before signing up and going to play college baseball, they're like, you really need to love baseball because you, you just do that so much in, and it was division three, it wasn't division one. So it was a little less intense, but still the same thing of like, you're practicing constantly, you're lifting weights, you're waking up early, you're doing all these things. And I got there and I mean, really my main skill was I was fast, right? So I, I was I was extremely fast, but couldn't really do much else. And um, little by little over the years, I wound up getting to a point where like I figured out how to hit a baseball. Like I just wasn't very good at it to start. And it had to do a lot with mechanics. And fortunately, I had a coach and a few different teammates who were there to support me and basically say like, Hey man, you got to do this instead of this and you got to work at it. And it got to the point where all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, like I know how to hit a baseball. And it sounds so weird to say, because you know, you figure someone who's played baseball their whole life, who then goes to college and plays baseball should be like, you know, it just comes natural to them. But like these things, and I could even see it today. Like I started, I kept playing baseball after college, but I wasn't practicing at all. Right. So I was just showing up to the game playing and that's the only time I played. And I would wind up getting so frustrated because I was like, wow, like uh, if I want to be good at this, I need to practice. And that's something that I've learned about myself is in, and it, you know, yes, there are people who are natural athletes who can just go and do something. Right. And then there's, but they, you know, they can only get to a certain point with their abilities. And, and I just learned that about myself 
through through sports is like if you want to be good at something you must put in the work you must practice every day and the more you practice the better you get at it and kind of going through that right now with golf and figuring out that game and I'm very fortunate to have kind of learned the lessons and then with everything that I've learned through coaching people and being coached uh, in terms of processing your thoughts and, and all those things it's it's actually helped me and I tell people I never would have been able to play golf 10 years ago if it weren't for me learning these lessons and then also through all the coaching stuff I just I don't think I would have had the the mental ability to like stick with it I would have gotten too frustrated and now it's kind of like okay well let's let's set the expectations appropriately especially being someone who's new to a game and uh, figure out the best way to improve and and enjoy yourself during that process not necessarily have to like torture yourself over a few bad shots yeah man the the game of golf is to like 90 percent mental and totally frustrating if you're not if you're not doing well at it and it's and it's a it's a dark spiral sometimes when you just shank a ball off the off the fairway and you're like well there there goes that ball <laughs> exactly exactly so I also really like what you've said here uh, earlier in your story about saying yes to things. Like you said yes to not only sports and having the opportunity to play baseball, but also to uh, student body president opportunities and, and men other mentorship opportunities as well as uh, work related opportunities. Like, can you talk about that mentality in general and how that sort of played out post-college and into your professional life? Sure. So, so I went through uh, college and I, as you heard me describe, right? So yes to everything. Let's be involved. I had groups of friends from all, and I still do. I have groups of friends that are just like in all these different random pockets. It's just crazy. So I had my student government friends, my orientation friends, radio friends. Like I was saying hi to, in Manhattanville is a very small school about under 2000 undergrads. And so I basically got to know like everyone on campus. So you get to know the younger people through orientation. You get to mm -hmm. know people who are in different groups, through different clubs. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm saying hi to everyone who I like, not everyone, but so many different people as I'm walking by and my baseball friends are like, how do you know that person? And you know, like the baseball team on campus looks complete, you know, we kind of like all look the same. We're all wearing the same uniform, same hat, same everything all the time, sweatshirts. Yep. And so I'm saying hi to these random people who are like into like art and into radio stuff and like all these different places. And it was like, honestly, like the coolest thing ever. Right. So I have all these different pox of friends. I'm getting all these different experiences from different people. And then I wound up um, after school, like, kind of like losing that part of who I was in terms of the different pockets of people. And so I, uh, and, and I, I really don't have anyone to blame, but, but myself for it, but I was like going through, I was in a relationship and I just wasn't being my authentic self as I was before. And so, uh, I was in this relationship and we wound up breaking up. And so after that, I kind of had like a realization and this was like in 2012 and I had this realization of like, like, who am I? Like, what did it, I kind of lost track over the last three years of like what I was doing and I wasn't hanging out with my friends as much and wasn't hanging out with all these different people as much. And you know, you're in a full-time job, so your environment's much different. But, um, 
I, I kind of got back to that. That's when I got started with, with friend of mine coaching and getting coached. And that kind of helped me get back on track and helped me to get more involved. And so then I started playing ice hockey again and I was continuing to play baseball and softball and all that. But then I also kind of realized like what some of my strengths were just through that period. Right. And so I, I realized that, that one of the big strengths that I had in, in terms of saying yes to all these different things and get, getting involved was I just really enjoyed being part of different things. And, and when I found myself getting involved and I, I use this as like a strategy almost. So like I would get involved with something and then for whatever reason, once I was involved in that thing, I would wind up becoming the person who was running that group. And I don't, I can't really explain why that would happen, but it had to do with not saying no. And this happened then afterwards, um, I got put on the uh, alumni board of directors for Manhattanville College and they wanted me to be part of it because I was so active when I was in school and I had been a, a, a member of like their young alumni society. They, they made me become part of that. And I, wound up becoming vice president. And then one day the president stepped down and they were like, Hey Frank, you're, uh, you're going to be president. This was about two years ago. And I was like, all right, cool. Like I could have said no. Right. So I kind of wondered, well, do I want to do this? Do I have the time to do it? What does this mean? Didn't really understand what the full responsibilities were, but mm -hmm. kind of thought to myself, well, okay, that's learned about that. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. What's the worst that happens? I wind up stepping down one day, like, let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And so now I've been president of the uh, alumni board for two years, three years, whatever it's been. And because I'm a, a, a president of the alumni board, I'm now a, I have a seat with the, and a member of the board of trustees at the school. And so now I've got like this whole new network, right? That, that I wouldn't have had unless I said yes to, to certain things and mm. saw how they would play out. And, you know, I, I have to say like this past year was a lot of fun. We, we got a lot accomplished and we developed a survey that went out to uh, over 700 uh, that, that went over, that went out to over, it was just thousands of alumni. And uh, we had, uh, over a 10% response rate from it to gain some valuable information as to like getting the pulse on what alumni think of the school and mm -hmm. getting, getting some information from that. Um, and the same thing happened in hockey too. Like I joined a hockey team in 2012 and the guy who runs the team is one of my best friends wound up moving away to, to Austin, Texas. And so it was like kind of a natural thing of like, well, Frank, you're, you're the guy who's going to run the team now. So it's happened there. Uh, it's mm -hmm. happened a bit at work as well. You know, I just like got my foot in the door of the consulting firm I work at and the guy who was up above me wound up leaving and uh, they were like, all right, Frank, well, you're, you're going to be uh, taking this job over. And so it's like over and over it's happened and it's a very odd thing. But one of the, one of the things that stands out to me is like uh, in college um, and I never, never truly saw it this way before, but it kind of gave me some insight into some of my strengths is after one of our seasons was over, it was our senior year. Uh, we, you know, we're done with baseball final game. We lose in the playoffs uh, by one run. You know, everyone's emotional afterwards. It's like, you're, you've known these guys for four years. It's the last game. And uh, one of the guys came up to me. I was just like, Hey Frank, just want to let you know, man, you were the glue of this team. And those words like stuck with me and I'm like, mm. that, that's kind of, 
true, right? So like I'm the guy who has all these pockets of people and for whatever reason, my personality winds up meshing with, with so many different others. And so I find myself in the middle typically of anything that I do. I'm in the middle and I'm trying to be the one who, you know, whether you're uh, a wallflower or whether you're the person in the middle of the dance floor, like I'm trying to get everyone involved and meeting them where they are and trying to, trying to get them to be part of what we're trying to accomplish. And it's, it's sort of a natural thing that comes to me, but it's, it was pretty cool to identify it in that moment. Man, you, you've brought some really fantastic practical advice on both saying yes, but then giving some great examples in your life of uh, the benefits, like what happened to you specifically relative to saying yes to things. You did, you brought something up earlier. You said you were in that relationship and you sort of lost yourself. You weren't playing hockey. You, you know, you weren't hanging out with your friends as much. You, you didn't kind of have your true North going. And then you left the relationship and asked yourself, you know, who am I? And started to re-engage with that previous version of you. Like if you were to meet someone or let's say someone's listening to this, who maybe is, is feeling that similar way, not necessarily in a relationship, although it could be, but in, in their business life or just the friends they're hanging out with or whatever, they're not, they're not aligned with their true North. Like what advice could you give them on, on resetting and refinding themselves? So it's a it's an interesting process because you know you're in when I was in a relationship and in that relationship and and going through that you know I kind of felt like there was uncomfortable feelings for me right so like things didn't feel right or I was actually trying to be someone who I thought that someone else wanted me to be like oh I have to be like this because I think that this person I'm with wants to be with a person like that as opposed to like what normal people should do, right? Like a a normal thing is just like be yourself, be authentic and everything else kind of takes, takes care of it. Like it's there, it's, it's a weird thing and a weird feeling. And I'm even like talking about having a hard time describe it. Right. But it's almost like, uh, don't, you don't want to um, ignore those feelings and they happen for a reason, those uncomfortable feelings. And you know, some people think like, well, to get what you want, you need to go to an uncomfortable level. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. Whatever. That's true in in some ways, but like, you know, being in a relationship will have an uncomfortable moments, but there's no reason why you should feel uncomfortable being yourself. Right. And so that's sort of like a, a a thing that I, I learned throughout. I'm, I'm so happy that I learned it and I'm, and it's, maybe it comes with experience, maybe it's a confidence thing, whatever it is. But like, if you have those anxiety feelings and those stressful feelings, you have to really be able to know yourself to know, okay, where, what direction am I going? Why am I feeling this way? How do I identify these feelings and where, where they're coming from, why I'm getting them and how do I make sure that I'm not feeling that way? And so I literally set out after that. And I, I don't think it should take like a, like a breakup to get to that point. But you know, Hopefully sometimes not, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes right. it does. You've heard of people at, at jobs, like they have this uncomfortable feeling when they're in a job, they don't like their boss, but they're too afraid to like do something else. Or they think like, Oh, well that's how a boss should act. They should be tough on you. And I kind of went through that too. And I, when I, uh, uh, probably a little bit after the breakup, like I, I two years after I probably had like this, I had this feeling of like uncomfortable, feeling every time I went to work because 
Uh, we had a, a person who I was working for who was just like purposefully making things uncomfortable for not only me, but other people that are on the team. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to like figure out like, well, is this how a boss is supposed to act? Or like, what did they know that I don't know? And what it turned out to be like looking back and it's like, no, that person just doesn't know any better way to lead. That's, that's why this is happening. And the same thing in a relationship, right? Like no one's, no one's purposefully trying to make you uncomfortable. They just don't know what better way to like be in a relationship. And so that's why I think one of the, the biggest things too is like people really should realize how much power they do have over, you know, how they're feeling. And this goes back to coaching, right? So right having a hundred percent responsibility for your happiness. That's, that's your responsibility, not anyone else's. And so it takes you back to that, like, okay, how do I, how do I make sure that I'm being the most authentic version of myself? Because that's ultimately how you're, you're going to perform your best. Absolutely. And, and identifying when that, that true North compass is off somehow. I, I, you, you touched on this, which is just that feeling in your gut. You got to listen to like something feels weird. Like it's, it's so hard to identify and diagnose that stuff because it's a feeling, right? And if it's something that you're maybe not used to, or you don't know how to articulate, it could feel like, Oh, I'm just being silly or I'm just being emotional or whatever. Like, and, and repress that stuff. But you're suggesting like lean into that feeling. And if, if there's something that is not right, like pull the string and, and dig in a little bit deeper and see where it goes. Yeah. And very hard to do by yourself, right? Like that's why there's self-help books out there that are so popular. That's why coaching is so popular. I, I was just talking to a woman recently who was telling me that, you know, after her child was born, uh, she's now like or so whatever age she is she's young Uh, but she felt like she was like she had this whole friend network and she had uh, people who she would hang out with and she was involved at all these different activities and so when her child was born you know some of that gets put on the back burner and now that is your focus right that is your whole life is is your child but then she's talking about like you know, I've, I've invested so much time and energy into my child, but I'm kind of losing track of who I am. Like I want to get back to being the person who I want to be. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you know, having a kid, having your first kid, you, it's hard to prepare for that. It's impossible. Like you don't know what you're going to go through until you go through it. And, and what I've found in, in a lot of ways is like, yeah, that's, part of life. Like the first time you do anything, you're not going to be as good at it as, as, as the second time you do it and the third time you do it. So it's, it, and she actually is going to be work. She's working with a coach right now and she's helping. And she said, she said to me, she goes, I, I never would have worked with someone, you know, a month ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've gotten to this point where like talking to this other person allowed me to, open up and realize that like there's so much room for improvement in my life, but that's not only going to help me. And the more I can help myself, that the better experience I'm going to be able to give my child. And that was like such Mm. a great moment of like, that is so true that the more, the happier you are and the more you're taking care of yourself, the better you're going to be in terms of providing that love 
mm-hmm. to someone else and caring for someone else. It's like, yeah, your responsibility, like you've got to take care, make sure you take care of yourself in order to, to give something to someone else. And I found that to be true, like in my current relationship with my wife, like, yeah, if I can take care of myself and make sure I'm good right? And I'm aligned in all my values and mentally have like, I know what I need to do to like be in the best position possible. Well, then I can give more to her than I could have otherwise if I'm stressed and unhappy and all that. And it's, it's very true. And it's not her happiness that is going to make me happy. It's my happiness that is going to make me happy. And that's been, it's been a really, really good lesson to learn. When you're recognizing, let's say that you're in a job or a relationship or all of the above that is just not working, it's not aligned, you've got that feeling pit in your stomach thing going on, but you don't know what to do. Like what, what is the process that, that you give people, like you recommended to this woman who had her first child, like how do you suggest addressing that and making a change so that you can actually get back to where you want to be? So it's funny, like it it has to do with like, like you need tools to build something. Right. And so you really do need to have some sort of guideline framework, something that allows you to understand your thinking so that you can identify the areas that you're holding yourself back. Um, And so like the first thing I would say is like, yeah, call a coach, go ahead, do that. But if you're going to do something before that, what I would do is try to journal about it. Um, that's the thing we use in free mind coaching. That's been very valuable. And I actually started doing that when I, before I even got involved in coaching and understood coaching, I wound up what during the, the, the breakup period, I, I didn't know like how to deal with it or handle it or, or, or like, I didn't know what to do. Right. So like, you could only talk to your friends for so long before they're like, all right, man, like heard this before, like just just be better, like be happier. You're, 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 you're in a good place now. And it's like, well, there's a lot of time and, and energy that you're using that you're like unsure of yourself. You're, you're like, what, what am I supposed to do now? And so I, I started journaling back then and mm-hmm. I started just like putting pen to paper or signing up for an online journal and just started typing out everything. I just started typing and it just made me feel better. And if I could give like one piece of advice to people who are listening, who are like, yeah, this part of my life, I just don't feel confident or comfortable. I would just say, just start writing down reasons why just, and it allows you to get it out of your head. Right. That's the first thing, but then like go back to it a few days later and read it over and you'll have a different perspective on it. And I think that allows you to like, just, just get a different look and feel as to what that situation looks like, as opposed to being, cause you're, you're in it. Like when you're in it, you're in it. And it's tough to see everything else and get, get perspective. Well, when what you just said is like, you're in it, you're in it. And I, I totally agree. Cause it can feel like you're in the middle of a tornado sometimes when this stuff is just flying around in your head and you can't even grasp it, let alone identify it. But what you take it and you put it on paper or at least type it on a computer, it takes it from that sort of swirling mess of thought and puts it into something tangible that you can at least touch, read, you know, smell, feel, taste, whatever. Um, and you bring it out into the real world and then it, it gives it a totally different perspective and, and takes the power away from it and puts it on at least a more equal ground, if not puts you in an advantage from looking at it. I've experienced at least. And so you've got these thoughts, you've got, um, 
you know, something's not right, like just start writing it down. Cause like with goals, like I believe that goals have to be written down on paper. Otherwise they're not goals like that. You're saying if you have a, an issue with a part of your life, just start like writing what you're thinking and put it somewhere and then visit it every day or every couple of days and add to it, make notes on each line, you know, just engage with it in a different way other than, you know, in your brain. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic advice. Love that idea. And I, I also believe that oftentimes the, the answer is in there. You're just, it's just covered up by all the other stuff. And if you kind of uncover it by doing this journaling exercise, answer will, will show itself. Sometimes not, but sometimes it will. Exactly. I, and, and I think that when you, what we like to say is when you think you're done journaling, journal some more, right? Mm. So that you get everything out. So you can, you can really try to like focus in on the, the meat of what it is that you're thinking. And, you know, a lot of times what you'll do is you'll explain the situation, but don't forget to also throw in there, like, how are you feeling in this situation or about the situation? That's, that's really the most important thing. Man, that's, that's great. So like describe it, but also be willing to be vulnerable on paper with yourself and, and talk about your emotions and the way that it's affecting you or the way it makes you feel. Yep. This has been fantastic. We are getting towards the end of, end of the show here. So I want to transition us to the last uh, section of our show called the focus five, which is the same five questions that I ask every guest on every show. And I'm really excited to hear what your answers are. Are you ready? Yep. Awesome, man. First question is what is a book that you have gifted most often? Uh, so there's two, there's success principles. And then there's also uh, the one that I would recommend most now, uh, just cause I re- recently read it is, uh, stop worrying and start living by mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. That one is a, a must for people that are looking to stop being anxiety risen and start, start acting. Beautiful. Great answers. Um, if you could get an hour of somebody's time past or present live or dead and ask them as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? This is going to sound weird, but uh, I'm a I'm a fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. Not all of them, but some of them. And so he uh, he's always the one asking the questions. But I would love to uh, I would love to ask him some questions and get some dig into his brain because he is a pretty high performer. He's involved in so many different things, and he's a very interesting guy. So I would say him. I watched one of his stand up routines last night. He's also pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it with my wife, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, Humor. He's always like, jokes, guys. It's just jokes. (laughs) Anyways, um, what's one thing you believe that most people would disagree with you on? That circumstances don't dictate how you feel or your happiness. It's how you perceive those circumstances. Oh, man. That's that's right out of the frame of mind rules. I love that. (laughs) And it's so true. And I... I had a hard time with that one when we were coaching together and um, I have really adopted that since working with you. And that's, that's been a huge uh, mindset shift for me. That's awesome. Totally. Uh, How do you start your day? Like what's your morning routine like? So uh, this is going to like sound really weird, but I really don't have any specific morning routine and I'm very happy with that only because uh, I, when I started coaching, I thought like, oh, I have to wake up early and get all this stuff done before I go to work and all this, all these different things. And I just, 
I would be miserable doing that. Like I, I would always like, like get mad at myself for not waking up earlier or doing all these things. And then I just realized like, Hey man, like do you do whatever you want to do? Like be happy. Like it's okay. Forgive yourself. You get enough done during the day or at night. I'm more of a night owl anyway. So, um, I don't have anything special that I do. And mm. so that is, that is my morning routine. I, I love to drink coffee and I love to make sure every single thing that I need for the next day is prepared at night and ready to go. So I guess my morning routine starts at night. That's awesome. And I, I the, the advice there is know thyself. I, I've had that theme come up a lot. It's like, you don't have to do the Hal Elrod miracle morning to be successful. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've, you've noticed there's a lot of variety on that question. So find out what works best for you. And that's what I think Frank's saying here. Finally, uh, what is the best place that uh, the audience can connect with you online? Uh, so if you go to frameofmindcoaching.com, you can find my bio and all that on there. Uh, but you could also follow me on Twitter. I'm not an avid Twitter person, but uh, just look up my name. You'll find me on there as well as on Instagram. Same thing. Uh, look up Frank Furbacher. I think I'm frame of mind Frank on on Instagram. So uh, you can check out my uh, check out my travels and and adventures on there. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Frank, talk to him about some coaching or just get some general wisdom, uh, he is going to be on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, frameofmindcoaching.com. Uh, thank you, Frank. You've, you've really brought a lot of great stuff today. I appreciate your time and uh, all the valuable wisdom and insights you've brought us with. Do you have anything that you'd care to leave us with before we sign off? No, just what you focus on grows. Remember that. Boom. All right, man. <laughs> Thank you again. And uh, we look forward to having you on sometime in the future for, for the next chapter. Thank you very much, Hans. And that does it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Frank. Really enjoyed hearing some of his practical advice, some of the thoughts that he had and some of his journey through his life. Because uh, again, he's been a huge influence for me over the past couple of years in helping me transition out of the rowing world and into uh, my next chapter of professional life. If you want to connect with Frank directly, I have his Instagram, his uh, Twitter and his bio on Frame of Mind Coaching's website uh, in the show notes. So take a look down there, get connected with him. He's got some really cool stuff to offer on social media. And obviously as a personal coach, if you're looking for that, he's a fantastic person to talk to. With that, if you're in the show notes, I would love to talk to you as well. Find my Calendly link down there. Let's have a chat. Hopefully we can connect and I can learn a little bit about you. You can learn a little more about me and we can learn how to make this podcast even better together. Uh, so I'd really appreciate your feedback, any thoughts you have, and just to connect with you in general. So without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at ChiefSNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.